Hi, it's Pete Price Extra, and if you don't know, we do a wonderful feature called Scousers Abroad. Every so often, we'll put one on here. We're certainly going to put Rachel Birchwood up because she is fascinated. She was in a nightclub in Birkenhead and finished up managing some of the world's greatest DJs. She now lives in Dubai. Hey, this is a fascinating story. Hello, Rachel. Hi, how are you? Well, what's the weather like? Go on, upset me. The weather is warm. Yes, it's warm, but actually not as hot as I have known, actually, in November. Oh. It's, um, it's nice. It's really nice. This time of year is, is probably my favourite. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So where are you originally from? I'm originally from the Wirral. Grew where? up in Bromborough. Yeah. And... I my life there till I was about 18 and then left. And, uh, yeah, left and, and, and moved, moved down south and, uh, and I ended up in London. Right. Um, so, you lived on the Wirral for how many years before you moved? 18. 18. What made you move? Did you sort of, did you go to university or...? No, I didn't actually. So I finished school. Um, bizarrely, and this is kind of how my career started. Mm. I was offered a job by a guy who ran a nightclub in Birkenhead. So he was moving to Sussex to work with a DJ. And he said to me, would you like to come and work with us? And one of those times where you finish school and you're not quite sure what you want to do, whether it's yeah. university or, or, or whatever it may be. And, and I said, you know what? Yeah, I, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I did. And I ended up working for this particular DJ and his company ended up managing him. And it kind of then just went from there, running my own business. Wow. Let's go back to the club. Which yeah. club in Birkenhead? It was the, it was the Drome. In Birkenhead. Ah, right, because I was a director years ago in uh, Rupert's Club. Ah, I think I went to Rupert's, I'm pretty sure. When you were a young girl. Showing my age, I'm sure, but yes, I did. So your your life went into a direction of entertainment? Yes, very unexpected. It wasn't what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a policewoman. Weird. That is really different. Wow. um, Just by chance. And and, and weirdly, I wasn't even really into dance music. Um, And it kind of just went that way. And and that really became my career. So which was the DJ? Paul Cox. Right. It's incredible because we we must have, you must have been a customer when I, when I was, I was a DJ years ago. That's how I started. I started as DJ, then became a comedian, then became a broadcaster. So we we've probably crossed paths and never known it. Maybe, yes, maybe. But yes, it was. It was. I mean, the drone wasn't even a venue I even liked. I went because <laughs> some girlfriends liked it. I kind of would tag along, and, and I and I think um, I think just by chance that the the gentleman actually ran the venue at the time could kind of see I was the one that wasn't the real wasn't the real raver probably had her head switched on a little bit more and, and, and weirdly offered me this job. And I just thought, you know, I'm going to try something. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, right? So, and thankfully it actually did. Um, I was warned um, quite quite a degree, quite to a high degree from my mother not to do it. And it was my father that actually said, just go do it. You know, you just, you just don't know in this world what's going what's gonna, to, you know, go in your favour and what's going to work out well for yourself. Rachel, it's interesting you say that because my mum said to me, get a trade before you go into show business. And I actually listened to her and I went to Catering College and then I did hairdressing and then went into show business and then never smelt of chips again or perm lotion. Um, so <laughs> once again, isn't it weird the way fate takes you in a different direction? 
totally. I don't, you know, I think I think sometimes when you have this vision of what you want to do, it works for some people and doesn't work for others. And and and, and yeah, I'm a proven track record that that when you just go for something very unexpected, I never would have thought it would have become a would have become a, a fully fledged career for over twenty years. So, and but it did. So, and that's just how it how it went for me. And to manage a DJ, um, as you know now, because you've been doing it a long time and been in that industry, it's it, it's an industry where the doors are quite closed amongst people that uh, are in it. You know, managers don't want new managers to come in. They don't want their talent taken away. Well, I think, you know, the the industry has spanned now many years, as as, as most people know, and, and, and know the, the dawn of dance music way back when. Uh, and I think back then there was not... There wasn't there wasn't something you didn't go to school to get yourself a degree in managing DJs. It was all just something that was just evolving at a time. There were warehouses, there were new clubs opening. It was just a movement at the time and people fell into this and and and, and the dance industry back over twenty years ago is not what it is today. Um it's it's a it's a well oiled, polished machine. Um whereas obviously, you know, over twenty years ago it was DJs playing in warehouses or just you know old venues or it was it was just it was just a very different game so it was kind of you didn't need as i said you didn't need a certain qualification to do it and a, a lot of it by chance was just the right time right place um you know and in just and just a stroke of luck i guess for a lot of us so how did you finish up in dubai uh my husband's business had to move over here I had been coming here anyway we've been living here now four and a half years so I've been coming here anyway since about 2000 and 2002 um and I had been bringing lots of DJs over here I did the first ever show on the palm before there was no buildings um we did a New Year's Eve show on on the palm which I guess most people know what the palm is in Dubai um so before there was any buildings any flats any apartments, any hotels, houses, when it was just sand. Um, I did a show um, one year's Eve, I think 2002, there, and it, and it just really went from there. I, I was coming over all the time, bringing the DJs. I loved the place anyway, so I must have been coming here four or five times a year. Well, my husband said to me that his business had to move over here um, in 2014. I was more than happy to uh to pack my bags and and move abroad you know i traveled a lot of the world anyway so i was so so living somewhere else um, was was not something that that i wasn't I, I wasn't up for so um and so far so good you know we've been here four and a half years you must have seen some big changes because it's i love like you dubai it's becoming incredibly expensive but the other side of it is it's bigger than vegas it's bigger than anything now uh, yes and no. Is it bigger than Vegas? I, I, I think um, yes, it's extremely expensive. That's for sure. Uh, is it expensive for people to come on holiday here? Yes. Um, the introduction of the five percent VAT in January definitely hasn't helped. Um, and 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 you know, and a lot of people, you know, local people. It's a very transient place, so people are in and out. Um, particularly if your children at school, you know, their school friend that they may have made say four years ago isn't necessarily going to be here four years later. Um, you know, it's it, it is, it's an expensive place to to live, um, and there's a lot of people that come here with big dreams to 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 make it work. Um, some with a get rich quick scheme, and 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 it doesn't really work. So it's a it's a very it is an amazing place, but like anywhere, there's there's the, there's the good and the bad in every city, um, and and Dubai would be um, exactly the same as anywhere else. But of course, the sun shines. 
pretty much every day. So, Absolutely. So, so that is a big help to anybody. But it's, a, but it's a lovely, lovely place and a great place to raise children, I have to say. I've got to ask, what's it like to drive there? Because it looks drive. horrendous. <laughs> when I first moved here, I actually had a driver. And I was told, women don't drive over there. Well, funny enough, it was actually my brother that said to me, one of his friends that actually lived here, she drives, why wouldn't you? So I came here thinking, surely women do drive. And so, as I said, I had a driver for the first six months. And then after that, you're kind of itching to just go back to normality mm-hmm. and to get in a car and drive yourself from A to B. And yes, you know, the roads that are seven lanes wide are pretty daunting in the way they've set the roads up here. But you just, you, you kind of go with it and you kind of have to drive a little bit like them. It's a little bit like wacky races. You know, they kind of just drive in a, with no code of conduct, should I say, in the way that as <laughs> British people have learned to drive. And, and, and actually they do, they do, uh, you know, if you, if you have a British driving license, they do consider you to automatically be transferred over to a UAE driving license. Whereas if you're from the Philippines or somewhere, you're not automatically transferred over to their to their um, driving license system. So you have to take a test. So, um, but for sure, you you get you know it's as as, as nice as a, having a driver is. You do just want to just have that normal life where you jump in your car and you get yourself somewhere else. And 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 thankfully, the luxury that you have here is it's very American. It's valet service. So. When you've lived here yeah. for four and a half years and then you have to go back to Europe and realise you have to park a car in a really small space, it's, um, it kind of throws you. Have you extended your business? More clients? Uh, I have been, and I didn't carry on my business once I moved here. Right. Um, but I did do work a lot locally here. I launched two nightclubs here. Um, one of them was a brand from New York. One of them was a brand from Cannes in the south of France. I also did a concert with David Guetta here one New Year's Eve, which was spectacular. Um, I also did Avicii's last ever show here in Dubai, um, as great as that was, but as sad as that was to hear of his passing. Um, you know, I did I did his last ever show here, which wow. was in 2016. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been involved still in dance music and events since I've been here, but picking it off and doing what I want to do rather than um, rather than being committed to something full time. Going back to um, Birkenhead, could you ever imagine the prices that you would pay for DJs these days, the world-class DJs, for compared to what they earned years ago? Well, I mean, obviously, I know what they I know what they cost. Yeah. You know, I sit beside you, whereas I represented artists back when I lived in the UK. You know, I was, I was what you call a seller of artists. And I'm now what you call a buyer. So I sit the other side of the fence. So I very much know what they cost. And uh, and I very much remember what they were charged way back when. So it's a huge, huge difference. But, you know, like anything, like any industry, if there's a boom, there's a boom. Yeah. And, um, you know, does it hit everybody's pocket, you know, hard? No, not always. Um, I, I think there's many venues around the world that probably still charging a very similar price as what it was when, when I started clubbing over 20, over 20 years ago. You know, some yeah. still have remained the same, but that has been the promoter's joke. Venues aren't charging any more money, but yet the DJ's prices have probably quadrupled um, in, in such a short space of time. But you can't, you know, the industry has just evolved. And, 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 and funny enough, we're doing this radio interview. It's radio that's helped to break dance music. It's radio that took it to the mainstream. Um, Pete Tong was one of my clients too for 10 years and he you know what he did for dance music what he did for at the the BBC Radio 1 has been has been tremendous 
and the the careers that he broke um, are, are is endless. What he's done for the what he's done for the industry, and no wonder you know he has an MBE. I think he was. Uh, uh, he's one of the legends of DJ yeah. World, without any yeah. shadow of a doubt. I mean, yeah. um, we were talking about it. I was uh, inducted into the uh, Radio Academy of Fame for um, broadcasters, and uh, we were talking about him that day. He has changed the music industry completely. Totally, totally. He, you know, he's again. You know, he, you know, DJing for him was something he did as a hobby, and and. And for a lot of the original DJs, should we say, it, it was a hobby for them. This mm. wasn't something that, that they ever probably thought themselves would ever span the, a lifetime career, what they've had. And, and again, it was, as I said, it was a hobby for Pete and um, doing mobile discos, just playing for friends and then doing parties in the West End that then obviously led to, to I think, obviously uh, early, early go at radio, probably down in Kent where he was from and then, of course, across to... Yeah. the BBC and 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 you know the likes of the David Getters pretty much wouldn't have the career I think if, if Radio 1 hadn't embraced dance music in the way it did yeah. and particularly Pete Tong being at the forefront of that the likes of your David Getters and, and, and various artists out there may well have had a very different career. Yeah it's interesting I've just remembered and just wrote down how much I earned are you ready? I used to work at the cabin club it was my first job not the cabin the cabin which was in Liverpool it was a, and there was one in Birkenhead as well and I got I used to do five hours a night and I used to do uh, Monday to Saturday and for that I got the princely sum of £20 for the week <laughs> <laughs> That was when I'm 72 now, so I was 20 years old when I got that. So <laughs> it has moved on slightly, there's, slightly. There's, a, there's many more zeros attached to these. Contacts. Absolutely, yeah. I'm talking to Rachel Burtwood over in Dubai. You mentioned before children. You say it's a great place for children. Yes, I think so. I mean, when I moved here in 2014, my eldest daughter was. 14 at the time, um, very much didn't want to come, of course not many 14 year olds would, um, came over here and, and probably ended up having the best years of her life, um, she's now at university and very much thanks myself for, for bringing her here and, and, and as I said having a great time and, and there really was, you know through her years of 14 to 18 living here, not that worry that you would have for children that live in the UK and, and my other children, uh, my other daughter is nearly seven and I have a little boy that's two. So there's lots to do for the little ones, you know. It's, um, as a, again, a great outdoor life for them, so many more hobbies that they can do because of weather. So particularly for children, I, I, I have to say, I think it's, it's, it's probably right up there with one of the best places in the world for them to live, just for freedom um, and, and the things that they can do. And, and, and it is just extremely safe here and and that is a huge blessing when you have children. What about the politics? It's a d even difficult to talk about. Uh, we hear all sorts of stories. I've been over there. Yes, you, when you go to a country, you have to abide by their rules. But it seems, uh, Dubai seems a bit of an enigma compared to the rest of the, 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 the countries around there. Yeah, it's, well, I, I, I would say I think they bend the rules to suit themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so technically, alcohol is not legal here. Um, I mean, it, it, when I say it's not legal, they've made it legal because, of course, obviously without it, where's the tourism? So, um, um, but, you know, there's the, as I said, I, I, I do tend to think they kind of bend the rules and um, 
here, you know, things like things that would really quite shock you here would be things like um, child safety in cars, pretty much non-existent. Um, I think we'll always remember the campaigns that were in England with, you know, just wearing a seatbelt, let yeah, alone, yeah. obviously, you know, kids in car seats. I mean, that pretty much doesn't exist here, which evolution of the place and and the amazing buildings and things that they have done and and the things that they have create, created are, are 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 really out there but some of the most simple things that that should be the basics of life um kind of don't exist um so you know there's you know politics politics everywhere yeah. um you know if you if you live here and you're a resident you you have to have um an alcohol license so basically where, and, and this is actually, in fairness, this is actually a good thing. You know, I couldn't walk down the road and be drunk because you could be arrested for that. Mm-hmm. And particularly if you're walking down the road drunk, if you're a resident that lives here and not have a drinks license, that, that really would get you into trouble. Mm-hmm. So, so but, you know, the, the things that they have here, which is kind of their laws and regulations that really do are, are for the good, but there's definitely some things that they, they, they hugely overlook um, here for sure. Can you use your telephone when you're driving? Technically, no. They have speed cameras here, which they do say would spot people on a mobile. Um, You don't find the police out looking for you driving around on a mobile. Not saying necessarily the police in England are there only looking to see if they can spot a driver on their mobile phone. But again, I think in the UK, it's very much become something that you just shouldn't do it. It's really, but but here you will see people doing it. It's 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 not uncommon. But again, most cars are pretty modern here, um, um, are very new. So most people would have Bluetooth and would be able to connect it to their, you know, to their through their car through their hands free. But it does take place um, for sure. Uh, but again, you know, it's not like it's not like in the UK where it's it's you see someone yeah. doing it. Really, is it's it's like shocking. You know, over here it would. People would be a bit more blasé about it, probably except if they're a Westerner and saw someone do it, then maybe maybe they would. I mean, as I said, referring back to children in car seats and car safety, when I see a child just sitting on a back seat, not strapped in or putting their head through the sunroof, it just to me, I want to I, I want to race up to that car and, and, and shout, you know, yeah, to me, that yeah. is that is just that that's just irresponsible. And I don't care where in the world you live. That's irresponsible. Mm. Um you know, modern life, no matter how well educated or not educated you are, tells you that that's wrong. Now, they're very hot on drugs like they are on alcohol, but I'm not naive enough and stupid enough to believe there's no drugs there. Are, are you conscious of it when you go around? Do you see it? I don't see it, no. Hmm. No. I mean, I'm not saying it's not here, um, but I've not, hmm. I, I have not seen it myself, no. And, you know, my opinion of it, you know, it's here, what a... What a that's what makes it a great place. If it's here, it's here. You know, I can't comment on that. You know, maybe it is to a degree. But what is lovely is that they do have such a strong um, yeah, yeah. stance on it. Because, of course, it, drugs leads to crime, let's be honest. So the fact that they take such a strong standpoint on it means that there's such little crime here. And, and it then entices and whether I'm kind of saying this being politically correct, it entices the good people to come and live here, the honest people of the world that come here and if they see a handbag on the side of the road or in the mall or wherever it is and it's got a person, they're going to hand it in. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, you know they, they go and do the right thing. You know, I lost my mobile phone in a nightclub. In England or anywhere else in the world, for sure I would have never got that back. 
I went the next day and it was there. It's been handed in and I got it back as, as, as easy as anything. So, you know, crime here is, 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 is pretty much non-existent. Now, there will obviously be some to a degree, but obviously referencing back to, to your, your yeah. question about, you know, the drugs. Yeah, I don't see it. I'm in nightlife. Um, people have a really good time drinking. You know, and also the venues that close at three o'clock three or four o'clock in the morning latest you know these aren't venues like Peter or wherever in the world where they're closing at seven mm-hmm. um you know you're 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 out early and you're finished early so um as i said it, if it's around it's around but i've been a nightlife pretty much since i i, I moved here and, and it's not something that i have seen interesting i have a fear and the fear was shown in Dubai, but it's not just Dubai, it's all over the world with these tall buildings. Fire. You had a fire, I think it was about a year ago, which was really scary. Do, are you conscious yeah. of that? Do you live in a high-rise yourself or do you have a house? No, I, I don't. I live in a house. When we first moved here, I did live in a high-rise, um, um, right at the top, actually. So uh, wow. but you, don't, you don't think about it when you move here. You know, when we moved here... I was a house person, and I wanted to be in a. I wanted to be in an apartment to kind of get that feel of city life. And that lasted about a year, and of course, then we moved to 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 a house. But yes, obviously, you know the fires when you've seen them, they, you know they're pretty devastating. I mean, it was the New Year's Eve, I think, when I did David Getter in 2015, that um, the Armani um, Hotel yeah. went on on fire. Oh, sorry, the Address Hotel, sorry, downtown went on fire. Um, and that was, you know, pretty horrific because, of course, obviously, the fireworks that go off on New Year's Eve here around the Burj Khalifa, are, you know, is worldwide news. Um, and therefore, you know, you've got the address hotel pretty much on top of the Burj Khalifa that's on fire. Um, and again, you've seen, you know, a few other buildings the same. So it is a worry because these high rises go up very quickly. They do, don't they? <laughs> Every time I go back to Dubai, it's a changed yeah. skyline. Yeah, they, they, they go up really quickly. Um, so, you know, can I comment on how they're built? No, I'm not a builder. So, no, right. You know, I, I, I can't pass comment. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I, w- I would not wear what I was talking about. So, yeah. But uh, all I can say, they go up quickly, whether that's a good, bad, you know, good or bad yeah. thing. I'm, you know, I'm not quite sure. But, um, but yes, we, you know, we have seen it. Rachel, do you ever get home? Uh, yeah, about... Four times a year, probably four or five times a year, I pop back. But it's generally home for me is not not the world. The home for me would be London. Yeah. Um. So I get back. I mean, I was last in Liverpool last summer. I was up there, um, seeing some family. And uh, but no, it generally for me it would be popping in and out of London. And it's nice because you feel like a tourist. Absolutely. You, know, you do the things in London that you wouldn't normally do. You kind of you look around and you appreciate London or the best of London for what it is rather than um, when you live there and, and deal with the, the day-to-day of unpleasant trees and, and people look, you know, unhappy or having a hard time, you know, but when you're there as a tourist, you see all the good of it, and which is which is really lovely to step away and actually to be able to go back and appreciate the, the nice parts of it. Rachel, I've got to ask, uh, because you've got certainly got an opinion, um, what's your views on Brexit? <laughs> Funny enough, actually, my dad's here at the moment. <laughs> I actually asked him because, you know, for me, the news for me, um, you know, I read the Daily Mail online and um, occasionally put on Sky News. But you kind of get, I mean, would have I would I would have voted to remain, but obviously I wasn't able to vote because I'm not in the UK. Um, so, you know, I just you kind of get a bit lost with it all. It's constant. It's ongoing. I mean, I think the worst thing for the UK will be if there's no deal. Mm-hmm. I think that will be the worst. 
uh, for me, I think what's uh, it's very sad. And, and again, you know, I'm, I'm you know at my age, I'm 41, so so I don't know a world outside of being in Europe. You know, I don't know a Britain that's not in Europe. You know, from 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 uh, for as far back as I can remember. Um, and I think you know, sadly, sadly, it was probably more the older generation voting to leave. Um, you know, and a lot of the younger people voting to remain. And, and, and again, as we've all read in the papers and seen on the news, I just don't think there was a true, honest reflection of what would happen yeah. once that vote, vote was cast. And I, and I think there must be so many people living with regret to how they voted. Well, I'm delighted to say that Liverpool voted to stay. Well, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I was actually in England um, the day that everyone went to vote, went yeah. to the polls. It, I think it was June, if I recall. Um, I was in England and woke up the next morning and, and my husband was actually here in Dubai and, and he said, you know, we voted out. And it's like, oh, God, no. Yeah. And, you know, it was just... But everyone's entitled to their opinion. It's what we call, you know, a free yeah. world, you know. People are entitled to have an opinion on what they want to see happen and, and people voted the way that they felt. And I... I honestly feel that some people voted because the way the UK has gone in the last 10, 15 years. And, and, I, and I think maybe they voted... Uh, with a know, different reason. With, I know exactly a, what you're saying. Reason, maybe yeah. slightly hot, yeah. with a hot head, you know, yep. frustration. Yep. You know, I know when we left, I was more than happy to leave. Um, you know, I'd, I'd kind of probably had my fill of the UK a little bit myself and was more than happy to go. And I think it's just frustration more than anything else. Um, of people feeling that they don't get a say of how the UK should be run or, or what is expected of yeah. the UK. And, and and again, I think it, 